Do you look at your mountain of goals and feel stuck? Or have you already achieved great things and yet you know there's still more? Then you've come to the right place. We're here to offer practical tools and tangible strategies to change your mindset. And challenge you to produce a life beyond the norm. I'm Nate. I'm Laura. Welcome to the Transcendence Podcast. One of the things that is rapidly approaching is the new year. And as we head into the new year, a lot of people will start making New Year's resolutions and New Year's goals. And you might be thinking, whoa, she's like three to four months ahead of this, but it's not even the holidays yet. But the reality is, is that when you're waiting until the new year to start making those goals and to start making those resolutions, you're already behind. Yeah. So as we're entering into this season, it's almost not so much that you're starting to set these new year's resolutions as it is. You're going to start entering into the new year's excuse season is what I like to call it. When you start making the excuse of not starting things, because we're so close to the new year, I'll just do that as my new year resolution, or I'll just do that after Thanksgiving, or I'll just do that after Christmas and eventually after the new year. So it just keeps building up. And really what this is, is this is a form of procrastination. Don't fall into the new year's resolution gimmick. It is a gimmick. You can start a new goal. You can start a new habit. You can start a new trait any time of the year. And so as we come into the end of the year, when most people are starting in January 1st, you could already have your habit established. Right. You could already have met your first part of your goal, the first stage, and and you're going to hit higher goals than you would have next year. See, most people have already written off this year. Most people have already deemed 2020 useless or the worst year yet. When honestly, you choose how you live that year. For Laura and I, this is one of the best years yet. You know, as we keep growing in our marriage and keep growing our relationship, and now we're expanding our family, you know, we've we've had a lot of great accomplishments through, you know, even at work, we had we hit new goals, you know, because we deemed it that this is still going to be our best year yet, regardless of the circumstances. So don't use the excuse of the new year coming up and don't use the excuse of circumstances for this year and write it off. Right. Because you still have a whole last quarter of the year left. Yeah. You have a lot of time left to still accomplish something great in 2020. So that brings up a good point though. Let's talk about procrastination. You know, what is procrastination? Because there's a difference from somebody pushing something off because they don't care about it or they don't think it's important and actual procrastination and what procrastination is. See, when somebody pushes it off because they just deem it not important or not essential and they push it off to the last minute or they just know they're going to get it done in time so they wait until right before to do it. That's not necessarily procrastination. Procrastination is when somebody actually deals with putting it off, but also it haunts them the whole time they're doing that. They actually feel more anxious. They actually, it affects their mood. It affects their performance. It lowers all the standards that they've created for themselves because of this procrastination, because it almost lingers over them that whole time because they know they should probably work on it sooner. So the word procrastination actually comes from a Latin word, procrastinare. It means to put off until tomorrow. That's what that means. But it's also rooted from the Greek word akrasia. And this actually means doing something against our better judgment. That means when you're procrastinating, you know you're putting something off against your better judgment. It's a, it's essentially some form of self-harm. And see, a lot of people mess this up when they're trying to address somebody that procrastinates. They're trying to help them with time management. They're trying to help them with self-discipline. They're trying to help them with all these things that they think are practical. But that's almost like telling a depressed person, hey, cheer up smile more yeah it seems really practical it seems really simple and may have some little impact but we have to get to the root as to why they are pushing this off why are they not doing it because it's more than just it's not important to them 
Or if it wasn't important to them, it wouldn't linger the whole time. It wouldn't hurt their performance. And this is something you might have to ask yourself as well. Like, why am I putting this off? Why is this so hard for me to accomplish? Okay, no, it's not a necessarily that it's a hard task, maybe. Maybe it's, you know, I don't feel confident in it. You know, getting to the root cause is the first step, but the most crucial step. And procrastination will cause more anxiety, more stress, and a lower level of performance. You're going to show up worse than if you did just address it and do it right away. So what are the two reasons most people procrastinate? The two biggest reasons is one, either a confidence issue. They don't want to be seen as incompetent, so they push it off because they'd rather be seen as unorganized. Or it's running from negative emotions or negative feelings. They don't know how to deal with them and they don't know how to cope with them, so they just avoid them. So let's talk about the confidence one. This is someone who may think they're not going to do a good enough job or may not meet an expectation. And this goes back a couple episodes talking about how dangerous expectations can be versus agreements. You could be causing this on your team if you're putting expectations on your team. But someone may feel that they're not going to live up to the expectation. So they put it off and they, they fill their schedule with a ton of other stuff. Sometimes it's even productive stuff that they're filling their schedule with. But they're doing those at 50% too because they're still thinking about the big tasks that they got to accomplish. So they're showing up at 50% everywhere rather than knocking it out first and then attacking everything else and doing everything else 100%. See, they'd rather be seen as too busy or unorganized than incompetent. These are people that are usually really reputation and image conscious. These are people that care what other people think. See, you'll know you'll notice these people whenever they have a task that they're really good at, that even some people will say that's not fun to do. They'll have something they need to do that they're really good at and they'll do it very quickly. They will not put it off because they know they can excel at it. Mm-hmm. They know it's going to do nothing but build up their credibility. But when it's a task that may be hard, or maybe something new to them, or maybe something they're not 100% confident in, then they're going to put it off. They're going to be too busy to work on it because when they show up and it doesn't meet expectation, they can say, oh, well, I did all this other stuff to try to protect their reputation. I think they may even try to delegate sometimes too and put the task onto other people. Yeah, I mean, this this allows them to push the blame everywhere away from themselves, right? They don't take any responsibility of it. They say, hey, well, I pushed it down to these people to do it, like you're talking about with delegating. Or, hey, I'm going to blame all the circumstances and how busy I was as to why I didn't show up or why I didn't do it well. So it takes the blame off of them and places it everywhere else. And again, you're going to notice it because when you give them a task that they like, they're going to do it right away. (laughs) That's how you know they're struggling with a confidence issue and procrastination. So the second one is people that don't know how to deal with negative emotions. See, you're going to find these because when they do something that sounds fun to them, they're going to do it. And when it doesn't sound fun to them, whether they're going to either have to sit in boredom, sadness, anxiety, fear, frustration, when they're going to have to sit in something that they don't, that's not joy. Any negative emotion. Yeah, anything that's not joy, then they're going to run away from it. They're going to distract themselves. They're going to find joyful activities to distract themselves. But the funny thing is, is again, it's a coping mechanism to try to not feel those emotions. But when you push them off to the side, but no, you still have to come back to them. You can't even fully enjoy the distractions that you put in place because you're still thinking about doing that. Or whenever that distraction's over, it just doubles down the weight of, oh, I still have to do this as well. And the people that do this, they don't even realize that they're doing this with either um, a lack of confidence or, you know, not wanting to experience the negative emotion. That's why it is so crucial to get to the root cause because you may not even be aware of why you're procrastinating. These are people that are putting a Band-Aid on their current situation, but destroying their long-term self. 
because they're stopping their ability to learn from the situation. They're stopping their ability to learn how to deal with some of these things like boredom or anxiety or stress or, you know, pressure. They're limiting their ability to deal with some of these things. So it does nothing but make them even worse off in the future. Because as they grow, maybe in their employment or in their marriage, people around them are probably going to assume that they're growing and that they're learning how to accomplish these things better and better. But really, when you're just distracting yourself, you're not learning how to accomplish those. And yes, you're relieving yourself in the short term, but you're doing so much detrimental destruction in the long term. So what are the ways to get out of procrastinating? What are the ways to combat this? If you're somebody that procrastinates, these are three things that you need to try to apply. So the first one is break it down. Make it into small goals. When you can break it into small goals, it will attack that confidence issue because you can master little pieces of it at a time. It doesn't seem so daunting. When you can break it into small goals, you can also create little breaks in there. So if you're someone that doesn't know how to deal with some of these negative emotions or negative feelings, um, you, you can deal with them in shorter bursts and then you can get a reset and then go deal with them in shorter bursts again. But you space them out and schedule them out accordingly. But it also helps you build momentum because momentum is so powerful that when you start winning and you can keep winning, and you can keep building that momentum and keep growing stronger and stronger and stronger, it makes it way easier to accomplish bigger things. Right. Like if you're working out and you start to see physical evidence of your work, it's going to motivate you to work out more. It's going to motivate you to eat healthier and to continue on that path and to not procrastinate at going to the gym. You're going to want to keep going and keep pushing because you're starting to see results, physical results. Yeah, break it down in the steps. You know, if you have a goal to eat healthier, it's really easy to say I'll do it after Thanksgiving or after Christmas or and at that point you're only a couple of days away from the New Year's, right? <laughs> it's really easy to do that with eating healthy. And then I've also heard the excuse a lot of times of, well, I just bought all these groceries. Let me get those out of my house first. Let me eat those. I don't want to waste that money. But the first step is eliminating that from your household, right? If you don't want to eat it, eliminate it from your safe spot. Yep. Your home should be your safe spot. So feel your safe spot with what you want to eat. So you want to eliminate all those things. How bold of a move would it be to know that you spent money on that and you still throw it right in the trash can? Because it's, yes, you're losing your short-term investment in that money, but you're building your long-term investment in yourself. Yeah. It's proving to yourself you took the first step. And this is the first step to building that momentum. When you can say, I'm willing to give up all that I invested into this, whether and sometimes it could be hundreds of dollars, depending on what kind of diet you're going on. If you're saying, I'm willing to give up all of that just so I can live a healthier life, that's a big, bold first move and a big initiator for that momentum. So the second thing to combat procrastination is to do the hard ones first. This means make a list of everything you need to accomplish. And don't prioritize the list because see, people who procrastinate are a master at making a list and prioritizing it and then doing parts of it and then reshuffling it and making a new list and always moving around that that thing they really need to do on that third or fourth spot. They keep moving it to the third spot, keep moving it to the third spot because they never ever get to it. What I want you to do is make the list, look at the list and see which one burns the most. Which one creates the most tension or the most conflict in your mind? And then what I want you to do is next to that one, write a positive outcome that if you do this and you do this well, what is something you can learn? Learn, what is something you get? What is a positive thing that comes out of this? And then start with that one. And the key is to do one task at a time. We are much more efficient, and I struggle with this myself, but you're much more efficient starting with one task and it would be that difficult task and only working on that one until it is complete. Don't try to go to the, to the other ones just to have you know a checkbox beside the little ones that are maybe a little bit more easy for you. 
And when we're saying hardest and easiest task, not the hardest or easiest for the general person to do, but the hardest for you to do, the hardest for you to sit in, the hardest one emotionally for you to do because it may create negative feelings, the one you're least confident in, the one that is the hardest for you specifically, not just the hardest based on skill set. Now, the third thing to combat procrastination is to do more repetitions. Do more of it. If you're having a confidence issue, let's remember, we talked about it a couple episodes ago, that confidence is actually a byproduct. It's not something you just get. You get it from doing other things. And we talked about the seven C's. You need to implement this in whatever subject, whatever, you know, task you have to do, and then you can actually get confidence and gain control over that task. Because remember the seven C's is first clarify what you want to do, then you're going to commit to doing it, and then you're going to get the courage to start it. That's for a lot of people, that's where they stop. And then they're going to get the consistency to do it. Consistency means you do it more than once, right? You have to do multiple repetitions. So let's say you're preparing a presentation, whether the presentation's for work or school or whatever it may be, you're preparing a presentation and you're worried about your ability to present this well. You may even be a master on the information already, but you're worried about your ability to present it. Do more presentations. Start by yourself, do them with people you trust, then do them with strangers. But the more presentations you do, the more more rough drafts per se you get and the better you get each time and that consistency is eventually going to bring out competence and when you become competent and you keep doing it then you can gain confidence in it and then you can control that situation you're not letting it control you you're not pushing it off to the side you're attacking it you're controlling it and you have confidence that you can get it done so the more repetitions the better and something else that I want to add I know for me it really helps um, from a practical level to see how I can create ways for myself to be more efficient. And one of the ways that I do that, and this is just with any task that I have, I will set a timer. It might be as simple as cleaning up my closet, set a timer to be as productive as possible in a certain amount of time window. So I might set the timer for 10 minutes. I might set the timer for an hour to clean up the main level of the house, whatever it is. I set the timer. And when that timer and when I hit go on that timer, I'm getting as much accomplished as possible and I'm not stopping until that timer's done. And I feel like that's really helpful. And another thing too is sometimes for some of us, we're going to need to incentivize those tasks at hand. So, you know, if I cross something off my list, I'm going to put a reward in place. So I know that, okay, once this is done, I get to have my fun. You know, I think this is really good for those of us who don't like negative emotion and we want to stay in that joy. You know, if we have to go through something and we have to get something done that, you know, is boring or sad or frustrating, whatever it is, you know, find something that you can reward yourself with afterwards. It might be, you know, taking yourself out shopping. It might be hanging out with your friends, whatever it is, whatever you know is a good reward for you. Put that in place. And maybe also, too, something that just popped into my head is try to find ways to make it fun. Obviously, in the real world, this isn't always going to be the case. Some jobs, some tasks are just not fun. But if you can add an element of fun to it, that can help. I think about, you know, if you're at home or maybe you're a parent, you know, who is trying to get your kid maybe not to procrastinate, you know, add an element of fun, turn on the music and say, okay, let's clean up your room, you know, make it fun so that you want to get the job done when you can. <laughs> yeah. So when we're making that list and we're writing a positive next to the hardest thing, you can create the positive. Mm -hmm. If it's hard for you to find a positive, 
you know, maybe learning experience or something like that, write down how you're going to make it fun or write down, you know, I'm going to reward myself with this. There's still a positive outcome. It doesn't always have to be a learning thing. It could also be, like you said, a physical reward or it could be, you know, a, a way to make it more fun and to make it more of a temptation rather than an inconvenience. So now one of the trickiest things is if you deal with somebody in your life that procrastinates, whether it be your spouse, a family member, someone at work, one of your kids, you deal with someone who suffers from procrastination, is how can you help them, right? How What can you do to make their life better and help them get out of it? Obviously, they can implement the three things we just went over, but these are a couple things that you can also be there to help them along the way. So the first thing is if they're putting off a task, don't do it for them. Yeah. All you're doing is enabling them because they know if they put it off long enough, somebody else will do it for mm-hmm. them. It then allows them to push off the blame again. Because then what if you do it for them and it's still not up to standard, right? Maybe you're a sibling and you know your brother procrastinates on doing his side of the chores. So you try to help him out and you do them for him. And then your parents are upset because he didn't do them. Well, he can now push the blame. It's still enabling them to push the blame onto somebody else. So don't do it for them. Another big thing when you're not doing something for them, though, is make sure that you forgive them. If they didn't do something on time, make sure that forgiveness is there because now it's important that you show up in a supporting way. How can I support you to make sure this doesn't happen again? And the other thing is make sure that you're not pushing expectations. Make sure that you're pushing agreements because an agreement is going to make them want to work towards it more. If you're pushing expectations, that may be the cause of them not feeling like they can live up to that expectation. If you make the agreement, then they're going to voice their opinion if they can live up to that agreement or not. They're going to have more confidence going into it. So yes, it's on the person to have the self-confidence to do it. But as we're leading people and as we're mentoring people, it's also our job to instill the confidence into them and instill the traits that are going to help lift them up and promote them to do better. So don't do it for them. Make them still do it, but forgive them and be supportive in that role. And before you even get to the task, make sure it's an agreement and not an expectation. The second thing is you want to call them out. Now, not you don't need to call them out on not completing the task. They know they didn't complete the task. You want to call them out on the way that they look at the, what they did. After they do the task, whether they did a great job or whether they didn't, you need to call them out and make sure they're not using any downward counterfactual statements. What I mean by this and the example of this is say someone went to the doctor and realistically they came in kind of midway. You know, if they waited a couple of moments, it would have got really, really bad. But if they would have got it sooner, it would have been really easy to treat. So say they came in midway. An easy statement for somebody that deals with procrastination, it says, you know, at least I got to the doctor before it got worse, right? Well, no, that's still... That's still just giving them that self-relief for right now. It's still not helping them in the long term. It goes back to that whole thing of distracting yourself to make your, your current situation feel good. You want them to feel the intensity and the tension in the situation so that way they can learn from it and they can do better in the future so they can prevent it from even happening. What you would want to encourage them to say and the perspective to look at is an upward counterfactual statement, which would sound more like, if only I had gone to the doctor sooner, right? That sounds more negative in a way. A positive outlook person is going to look at that and say, no, you want to focus on the positive. No, you don't want to focus on the positive because you don't want to just relieve them in the current. You want them to feel the tension. You You want them to learn how to deal with the tension. You want them to learn how to deal with the situation, and you want to make sure that they learn so they can prevent it from happening in the future. And if you are in a role where you might be assigning tasks or you might be helping someone through procrastination, I think it's really good for you as the person
person above them to be aware of the structure that you're creating. So maybe for you, it's helping them know their deadlines. It's helping create deadlines. Um, And in some instances, maybe if you're a parent to a child, it might be creating a sooner deadline than what is actually expected. You know, letting them know, hey, this is your deadline, you know, just so you know that it's going to get accomplished on time. Just like we've talked about before, under promising and over delivering. That's how you'll do that is by creating those deadlines that are way ahead than the actual deadline itself. The other thing is too, is if you are a person who knows that you have someone on your team or you have someone in your life who is such a procrastinator, simplify the tasks. Know that with this person in particular, you have to give them a few tasks at a time. They cannot handle a pile of tasks on their lap. You know that for them, it's just going to have to work that way for them to have small tasks and you can be the one to initiate that. And as they grow and as they start to combat this procrastination, you continue to add more and yeah. more because you're going to see them start to level up and you're going to start to grow them out of this yep. and grow them out of this thing that they deal with. So as we head into this last quarter, the last 90 days of the year, you get to decide what the last part of 2020 looks like. Even if this year started out absolutely horrible for you, it doesn't mean that it needs to end that way. And you get to decide through the tasks that you have in front of you if you're going to put them off or if you're going to just take charge and do them right now. And as we jump into this, if you're someone that struggles with this, don't worry about the time management apps or anything that's trying to, you know, schedule out your day because that obviously is not working. Find the root cause. Is it confidence or are you running from something negative? When you find that root cause, attack it. Thank you so much for joining this week's episode. We hope you've learned something new that you feel challenged and leave inspired. If there's a part of this episode that stuck out to you, be sure to screenshot the podcast, post it on Instagram, and tag us in it. Let us know what captivated you. Speaking of Instagram, we would love to connect with you and make sure that you're one of the first to know of our new episodes and exciting updates. You can follow me at It's Laura Stevens. And I'm at the period Nate Stevens. If you found value in this podcast, remember to leave us a rating or review. This will allow others to see what they can benefit from this podcast as well. Join us next week as we continue to live a life beyond the norm.